Shall we begin? Let's begin. This is incredible! Johnny Boss with a masterful solo goal. What a finish from Samuel Silvera! Robertson! And the Man City youngster opens the scoring. Oh, and it's Garan who has equalised right at the end. This is the Soccer Who's podcast, the show all about Australian football, as we look to unearth the next generation of Socceroos who will one day wear the green and gold. Welcome to the Soccer Who's podcast. Wow. Yeah. What's that reaction, James? You said a second different word, Lachlan. I know. A different second word, I think, is what you're looking for. I usually say welcome back, but this might be someone's first time listening to this podcast. So welcome to the Soccer Who's podcast. My name is Lockie. The voice you're hearing as well is James. And this show is all about the future of Australian football, looking hopefully towards a World Cup win one day and discovering the next golden generation, the next Harry Kill, the next Tim Cahill, the next Mark Schwarzer, or maybe, should I say, the next Harry Sutar, if he becomes part of this second golden generation, whether you call this second crop of players that just played in the Men's World Cup our second golden generation, but that's what we're all here for. Hopefully to discover this new generation of Socceroos players and make sure that you're hearing their names before seeing them in mainstream media. I think that's the idea, the hope behind this show. Uh, Before we get anywhere, I'd like to give a shout out to my girl, Taylor Swift, uh, 1989 Taylor's version is out today. And she's had a fair bit of influence in a different sort of football. I'm not sure if you're seeing James. You don't. I don't think you're across much of what happens in pop culture. No, no. Uh, she's dating a guy, uh, Travis Kelsey, who plays American football, and American football is seen one of the biggest growths in the game in a particular demographic, just because she's dating Travis Kelsey. Right. So maybe if there's another similarly you know, big pop star, maybe maybe if the relationship doesn't work out, maybe she can date a Socceroo, and we'll see even more growth in the game. Okay. That was, a, that was an interesting... Um, you don't like that. Tangent. No, I'm just also confused. As, like, I'm just trying to think said, about how... Because obviously the APL, uh, they're looking for ways to market the game. They're looking for ways to, to change things up, to you know, be a bit creative. And we've heard of marquee footballers, but have we ever thought of marquee partners for, for, for footballers? Jeez. That, that's some revolutionary thinking. I know that's that's the cutting edge stuff that you get listening to this show is, is ideas like that signing Taylor Swift on some sort of deal uh, secretly. Yeah. We, we don't want people to know that. We want it to sound authentic and, and be legit, and I hopefully attract more eyes to the game. Mm. And we'll see if that has lasting effect. She obviously has to break up with Travis T- Kelsey first. Anyway, people don't come to this podcast for pop culture stuff. They might, I don't know. They, we might have some other Taylor Swift fans out there absolutely jamming to 1989 Taylor's version today. But before that, I hope that they listen to this podcast in full. Yes, I, I, I can agree with that. I, you look so uncomfortable right now. I'm mainly just confused because I, I can't say when you hit that record button, I would have thought we'd be having a four or five minute conversation about Taylor Swift. It has not been four or five minutes, buddy. It It is. It has not been four or five minutes. I'm just, I'm just trying to bring some cutting edge stuff, trying to revolutionize marketing. And the A-League is known for trying some risky things. And so Mm. I I figured 
That much is true. Some of that keep up budget, maybe we can assign that towards attracting Taylor Swift and getting her because she sold out stadiums around Australia. Can you imagine if we just had Taylor Swift rocking up to A League games? We would sell out stadiums then. Grand final this year, right? Get get Taylor Swift in. They've done the Chris Brown, you know, half and half. No, that wasn't Chris Brown. It was Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. You can see how over um, pop culture I am. Yeah, you are definitely not around it. Anyway, enough about that. James, let's get into things we actually are good at on this show, or at least one of us is good at on this show. Uh, we'd like to chat about the last week in Australian football, specifically looking at the players that are on the fringe of the Socceroos, maybe some future Socceroos, maybe some current frequent, if you will, Socceroos as well chat about just how they've been going and then maybe a little bit of A-League chat as well which isn't specific to the Socceroos but I'm hoping that there's some future Socceroos it's in the there. breeding ground of the Socceroos right yeah yeah uh, I guess this show has some identity things that we're working through is it, is it a Socceroos thing is it an A-League thing let us know what you like to just listen Australian to Australian football no I, yeah and I know that but I think when you start as a show that is from the lens of the Socceroos do you, do you stay to that? Do you m- modify what you're doing? I don't know. I'd love to hear, I guess, anyone's thoughts on the show at this point in time uh, because we want to create the best show for you. So get in touch. Uh, TikTok, I was going to say Twitter. Uh, X, I think that's what it's called now. Instagram, slide into our DMs, get in touch with us. Speaking of people getting in touch with us, James, at the bottom of every episode, if you listen on Spotify, we do ask a question. We do like to engage with with the people who listen to this show and uh the question last week was now that we've seen Sakati Miller and Toure who's the next soccer we'd like to see capped and we got a couple of interesting uh answers some responses we Tim Knott says just because it'd be fun Max Burgess Sydney FC fan I'm I'm assuming because that would that's that's a left of field suggestion great A-league player great A-league player but I'd probably leave it at that I would, in, in the same way that Jamie McLaren is a great A-League player, but not even because I think Jamie McLaren is levels a above Burgess. A A-League player. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Max Burgess, that's very left of field, uh, Tim Knott. Dam Young says Rafinha. Oh, I like that. Yeah? Big fan? Yeah, he's a good player. He's starting to play some consistent football over in Brazil right now. Uh, highly adaptable winger, if we're speaking about the same, Rafinha. Yep. Um, Gold Coast boy as well. Yep. Born, born and raised for a few years in the Gold Coast before heading over to Sao Paulo. And now is over at um, BOL. And finally, Rollins from NMCNE13. I don't know what that person's name is. I think that's the is. government name. That's the government name? I don't think that's their government name. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Okay. But uh, Rollins. I mean, I, we've seen some weirder. Yeah. Government names. No, that's um, true. Uh, Josh Rollins is Josh the other Rollins. one. He's not really playing enough. No, um, and still a little bit... In fact, he's hardly playing. Still a little bit off as yeah, well. A bit raw. Yeah, he's had a bit of an identity crisis, I feel, in terms of positioning this year. Okay. Uh, that just led to him being out of the Utrecht 2 lineup even. So yep. Yeah, a bit of a while off, I think, for Rollins, but definitely has the potential. Okay, well, uh, thanks so much for getting involved. You can, as I said before, get in touch with us, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, if you listen on Spotify, respond below. Uh, let's get into going around the grounds. Let's chat about the Aussies who've been doing well within this past week. Kicking it off in England, across the board, a couple of uh, solid players that uh, have been playing consistently for the Socceroos and some on the fringes as well. 
I'm going to start off Charlton in League One. Ashley Manor Brewer, absolute man of the match level performance in a 4 win against Reading. What were your thoughts on that one, James? Oh, it's very good. Probably his best performance of the season. Uh, one of his better performances in general, to be honest. Um, four and a win, really important clean sheet is probably the more important thing. And would have been man of the match if not for uh, one of his teammates getting a hat trick of assists. Yeah, I mean, that, that'll do it. Yeah, that that will do it. But yeah, I thought for Manuel Brewer, his shot stopping was probably the biggest thing. He kept them in that game. Uh, not in that game, but stopped them from you know, yeah, conceding, yeah. right? Which is... Your job as a goalkeeper, believe it or not. Yep. Uh, and distribution-wise, is pretty solid. Uh, short distribution. Had to do a lot of long-range distribution because of the nature of how, you know, League One is played, which is get that ball, going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, look, not the most uh, impressive long passing performance, but you're talking about one of the upper echelon of goalkeepers that have those kind of long-range passing performances. So, don't really hold that against Maynard Brewer uh, when you look at that. And look at his game, but shot stopping is very good. Short range passing is very good, composed, uh, and yeah, just really good performance. Uh, we won't speak about the next one, which was uh, a rough 3-1 loss against Lincoln. You know, that, that's the live of League One. You're at top of the moon one day, the deepest valley the next. Top of the mountain. Uh, top of the world, I think, top is of the, the world. one you're looking for. Nah, you, you, over the moon. O- over the moon? I'm hybridizing over the moon and top of the world. Yeah, you, you chose the wrong celestial body there. Yeah. But that's okay. Hey, uh, James, sometimes you're at top of the moon and then next you're bottom of the mountain or whatever you just said. Uh, bottom of valley. Bottom of the valley. There's another goalkeeper who's uh, fighting it out in the same league, League One. Billy Kapic, he also had a man of the match uh, and actually was awarded the man of the match in a 1-0 win against Port Vale. Uh, and then also a solid game against Wickham, two-all draw. Yeah, for Billy Kapic, he's probably the next young keeper to get call-up. We've seen Maynard Brewer get a call-up now. Uh, didn't result in the cap. We've seen Glover get call-ups. I think Billy Kapic is kind of next in line uh, because, yeah, he's performing well in League One consistently as well, getting performance, uh, getting appearances and the bigger thing about Villa Kapic is he's a slightly better short-range passer than Maynard Brewer for me, but not quite as good a save, a natural shot stopper. So it's a it's a bit of a trade-off, right? That's what you need to do in the modern game in football, um, especially with goalkeepers. Passing is a very important thing, especially as now we're even seeing goalkeepers step up almost as a centre-back build-up play, right? So Yeah, I, I was seeing, I don't know where it is, and it's not an Australian involved, but there are... Definitely managers who are opting to play a goalkeeper as part of a back three. And then that means that they're creating an extra man in midfield yep. and creating overload, which... It's smart. It, oh, it's smart. Definitely risky if you turn the ball over and you've got someone decent. Just don't turn the ball over. Well... Simple, uh, right? Thanks. That's, that's <laughs> some actual masterclass tactics. Yeah, right you're there. welcome. Talk tactics. You know what I'm saying? Just don't turn the ball over. Okay, thanks, thanks, James. Anything else about Billy Cappage you'd like to say? Um, no, he's. I mean, he's put on run on run of a few good games now in a row. Uh, he's you know on average with his xG as is um, actually Maynard Brewer. So uh, you know they're fine young goalkeepers. They're meeting their xG, uh, which means they're on average in the league that they're in which shows at their age have a lot of room to grow and they'll really grow into that mould. So it'll be really interesting to see that kind of battle between the two continue to unfold because right now Maynard Brewers had the slight upper hand, but Billy Cappage is definitely closing the ground right now. 
And that's the nature of any young goalkeeper, right? It's just finding consistency. It's probably one of the more lethal positions on the pitch because mm. I think often you can be accused of being at fault the most because you are the last player before the ball goes in the net and there's only one of you. It's not like you rotate the goalkeeper all that often. It's not like a goalkeeper's coming on in the 60th minute to get some match minutes. It's really... You, you're playing and hopefully you're playing well. And if you're not playing well, you generally, you're benched. So, yep. So hopefully for Billy Capagen and Man Abro, they continue uh, with the, the, the vein of form that have gone on excusing uh, Man Abro's last performance. Also uh, in the third division of England, we're going to look at Robertson. Alex Robertson didn't get any match minutes, was listed in as a train on player in the latest Socceroos camp, obviously Mo Toure did get on the pitch. So uh, they were he was eligible, I guess, for match minutes. Wasn't meant to be against England or New Zealand, but he continues to impress and you know, consistent 90s for Portsmouth. Uh, we also had Yangi subbed on late uh, in their most recent game as well. Yeah, good to see Yangi back. Obviously, we know it's quality if he stays healthy, uh, and that's a very good striker, but... Talking about Robertson right now. Yeah. Uh, and look, he's a cleated soccer is 10 for the future, right? Yeah. That much is clear. His talent is clear. It's obvious now he's starting to put together consistent 90s along with, you know, staying healthy and dominating a game at a League One level. So for Alex Robertson, I think he's going to, to be honest, he's probably in for a shout for the League One team of the season so far and terms of the best 11 in the entire league. That's how good he has been so far. Uh, for the Sportsmith side as they top the table right now in their quest for a return to the championship. So for Alex Robinson, he's been one of the instrumental parts because his creation, he's clearly their lead creator, creating you know, pretty much the most chances every match. Uh, most recently in the nil draw, he created three of the chances. So there, there's a fun number. Uh, but for Alex Robinson, the biggest development pathway is clearly his pressing game. He's not the best presser. Mm. Uh, he's not, when I say that, he works hard. He's not the smartest presser. Okay. He'll often just, you know, just run and chase, uh, which is, is good. And running and chasing is good, but you have to work you know, with your counterparts around you in order to create traps. And Alex Robertson does overrun himself a little bit, which means when he then is on the ball, he's a bit tired, uh, which right now doesn't hurt him. But in five, six years' time, when he loses those you know, spring chicken kind of energies, hmm. uh, Look, he'll need to be a bit more smarter with his load management and how he handles a 90-minute game. But Especially though as he rises up, because I imagine for his sake and for our sake, I hope he's not playing League One. As he gets into better leagues, he's going to need to be smarter about when he chooses to press and, and how he chooses to do that, right? It's not something that he can get away with at a higher level where someone... Like a, a, a he plays for Man City, but a higher level team, right, can play through a press smartly. And if he's not doing that correctly, then a manager's going to opt for a player who can choose to press correctly. Yeah, um, but at the same time, he's his creativity is so yeah. good, and he's so lethal on the end of the pitch. It almost can excuse itself, right? Uh, because yeah, he's ha- created thirteen chances already this year in just twelve games, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's over a chance a game, which is astronomical numbers if you're not aware of statistics in football uh and i was to be honest really shocked that he wasn't selected 
uh, in the Socceroo squad proper, and he didn't get any game time, to be honest, because he's good enough for it, uh, and he's got the potential to be an absolute rock in that midfield for many years to come, and a player that greatly excites me. I mean, when you cap a player who hasn't even made, you know, a really many senior appearances, he made five for Ross County when he was capped for the Socceroos, which yeah. purely capped on potential. It's clear that his quality, and now he's putting it all together, and it's a really exciting time in Australian football because this kid, Alex Robinson, he's got the potential to be one of those uh, golden generation leaders for us. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he's con- going to continue to grow as a footballer. He he has seemingly everything at this point in time that you can ask for, and I agree with you. I do love a high-potential cap. When, when a player is given the nod because they clearly have something about them, I don't know if you've watched the David Beckham documentary on Netflix at the moment, but uh, Alex Ferguson brought Beckham into the squad, into the Man United squad, just to show him what it was like. And he was such, he was a youngster. Like he, he I think he was like you know, in early teen years, but because he saw such high potential, he was like, I'm going to get you used to this level, just being around players at this level. And you, I mean, David Beckham, I, I'm not sure if he lived up to his potential completely, but he was a very, very, very good player. Let's be, let's be real. So That's a huge statement. I, I don't think he lived up to the, the heights of his potential. I think that World Cup performance, with the weight of expectation, the way the world was on him, and it didn't turn out. And I think that he could have he could have been a better player than he was. Okay. You disagree, but that's okay. We'll move on. Okay, we'll move on. We'll turn this back into an Australian podcast. How does that sound? Sounds good. Let's speak about, I guess, the next David Beckham. Oh, okay. So now you get to choose where we go. Well, uh, I, was, I was thinking about Mass Luongo because mm. he's also in England. Cambo just doesn't really fit that mold either. What about Sam Silvera? Uh, same position. Yeah? Yeah, okay. Uh, Sam Silvera got his first goal in the championship. He did. Yeah, not his first goal for Middlesbrough. Uh, his first goal in the championship. And uh, it was a great winner as well, a, a match winner against Norwich, which you like to see. He was brought on late in the game and did exactly what was asked of him. He scored the goal that uh, they got him the win. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, that's what he was signed to do. Uh, and that was something that was a bit of a concern, uh, as especially as he dropped out of the team. He missed a lot of chances, which is why he was dropped uh, late September. So... Good to see him, you know, coming on and taking that opportunity with both hands and, you know, finishing his dinner because, to be honest, he probably should have already had, you know, a couple of goals already to his name throughout this uh, league season. So it's great to see him finally get that first league goal under his belt and hopefully he kicks on because last year for Central Coast, he was a quality finisher, um, performed well above his XG. So it was a bit disappointing to see him start off the season below it uh, and not just below it, but missing big chances so good to see him put the ball in the back of the net and hopefully you know he finds his way back into the starting lineup uh, it's going to be hard especially now with uh, Greenwood back from his injury and obviously Ollie Jones is a Middlesbrough favorite he's one of their own so it's going to be hard to crack that wing spot again especially when McGree comes back from injury as well who is quality out on the left uh, so it'll be you know an uphill battle but I think Sammy Silvera has what it takes and look maybe we'll see a change the system for Michael Carrick to try and facilitate all these options because look they're, they're not the best at fullback and Ollie Jones has played some fullback so maybe a mix up will be in order you wouldn't want Silvera at 
or no, McGrew? Move Ollie Jones to full back. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. To a wing back and Silvera on the right wing. Okay. No, that that could work. Uh I like what Mil- Middlesbrough are doing though at the moment. They they seem to be very, very good. Doing well uh, in the championship as well. Another side doing well in the championship. Ipswich with Mass and with Cam, both Socceroos, both coming back from Socceroos camp. Solid one nil win against Bristol. And they're they're doing well. They're they're extending the gap. And uh yeah. D- doing quite well in the championship. Game in hand over Leeds as well, who they're nine points clear of. So, huge. Uh, obviously, the top two places get automatic promotion to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Leicester are going to have one. Everyone knows that. Um, they're too good for the championship. Uh, but Ipswich has been a bit of a surprise uh, contender right there. And a lot of that is due to the work that Maslowongu does in that midfield. Yeah. He's been a dominating force in the championship. Uh, and... It's quite a shock that when you allow Masluongo to play free and do his thing, he dominates, right? Uh, because his creativity is phenomenal in and around the box. Uh, though he doesn't look like much of an athlete, he can run all day uh, and he can always track back and defend ex- exceptionally well with his low center of gravity. He's one of those beautiful footballers to watch and one of those players you just need to let free to do their thing and your team will have drastic improvements to their winning chances. So... Good to see Ipswich embracing that because it's been the Maslowongo show so far in the championship and he's been one of the driving forces in their quest for promotion to the Premier League. Wouldn't that be great to see though? Leicester, Ipswich and Middlesbrough, three teams featuring Aussies, all promoted to the Premier League. Poor Zach Gilson and Blackburn. I'm trying to be somewhat realistic. They clearly need more promotion spots. Well, I would like to see Zach Gilson and also get promoted, but... I don't know how we'll go with that. Uh, James, that's enough about England for the time being. Germany, Jackson Irvine, back from international duty, scores his first of the season uh, in a two-all draw against Paderborn. And what a goal it was for him. Unfortunately, wasn't able to, to win the match, wasn't able to get across the line. And look, it was a solid performance from our one of our national team captains, not the... Not the only one. Matt Ryan has the armband for the most part, but he's captained the national side once, and he's the captain uh, of St. Pauli as well. And w- he's a great leadership figure within the side. So great. I love a captain goal. Oh, who doesn't? And I mean, it was an important point. It keeps them at the top of Bundesliga 2. Uh, they were obviously very close to promotion last year, uh, and this year looking to you know finally seal that deal and go up. Uh, and points against Paderborn, you know, are important, right? Paderborn a good side, a good outfit. They're well coached, they're structured. Uh, and the bigger thing is they're away from home, right? So, you know, draws, you know, in enemy territory against good opposition is an important part of creating a title contender. And it's great to see St. Pauli, you know, scoring those key goals, getting those points, uh, even when they're on the road. And Irvine, a huge reason for that, and he was instrumental in midfield. Uh, his defensive work is honestly one of the most underrated parts of his game. Uh, a lot of that is because Graham Arnold obviously has played him up as more of a striker uh, kind of a role. Not a striker, but more of a second striker, yeah. I should yeah. say, in that kind of number 10, that hybrid role. Uh, but his defensive work, honestly, needs to be more appreciated because he really did keep... Um, St. Pauli in with the shout, cut out a lot, lot of opportunities and then was transitional when asked to. And, you know, he's phenomenal threat from set piece as well with his movement and his um, 
general IQ of understanding, you know, where this ball is swinging in from, but also understanding defenders' positioning and knowing how to beat them to the spot. He's a really, really special player. And I think, to be honest, I would, I think I tweeted it, but we've just both spoke about Luongo. Yeah. Just don't want to see those two in the midfield together, man. Yeah. Man, Jackson Irvine is the six. Luongo is the eight. Alex Robinson is the ten. That's that's got all the makings for a very very exciting midfield to watch. I, I mean, it really does. Uh, I was just thinking about Paderborn. John Idel used to was on the books there. I don't think he ever got a league game for them. He's at Wiesbaden. Is that, is yes. that correct? I just had a. Do you know how when you you see a name you go, why do I recognize that that club? Who's played there? He's it has he has he gone? Just a quick check in. Um, he actually played recently. He played 67 minutes uh, against uh, VfL Osnabrück in the second division of Germany, the two Bundesliga, same division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, wasn't great, but, you know, he held his own. He was a good target forward. He brought the opposition players in, uh, pressed well from the front, uh, won a lot of his ground duels and was able to bring his teammates into play uh, and ultimately led them to a 2-1 victory. So... Look, he, it's his first game in a while. Uh, that's why we haven't really spoken about him recently. He's yeah. had a few bench minutes here and there, kind of fighting in uh, back into the team after a phenomenal end of the season in the third tier of Germany. Yep. Uh, so good to see him get a start and play decently. Good to hear. Uh, moving over to Italy, we, we've talked about Irvine as they look, as uh, I should say St. Pauli look, to get promotion. We've talked about promotion in the English league system. Sicardi at Parma, they're hoping to get... Uh, promoted from the Serie B to the Serie A. And, you know, a massive 2-1 win against Como. He was playing a key part, picked up a yellow card, but really leading down back. And, and we, we saw, as he played for Australia, if you listen to this podcast, you know that we are big fans of Sicardi. He's been doing a great job. Or should I say Sicardi? Uh, been doing a great job at Parma. And so then for him to step in to the national team, look like he's played 20 caps already, it's not a surprise to see him leading at his club side as well. He absolutely dominated in this game against Como. Um, oh, Como, Como. Como? Como. I don't know. Um, believe it or not, I don't speak Italian. Okay. So um, Some would say, someone have the expectation that we look up how to say the names of these clubs before we start recording. Look, I struggle enough speaking English. So, Isn't that your first language? Uh, no, it actually isn't. Is it, is it really not? No, sarcasm is my first language. Oh, stop that. Um, but yeah, Chikardi are phenomenal this game, really. Oh. And he's... <laughs> I'll just no, honestly, leave you to stew on that. I, that is the sort of thing that you'd see a 50-year-old woman post on Facebook uh. with minions attached to the fo- like to the meme. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is I that thought the, that was it, a general rule in comedy not to punch down. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not punching down. I'm just... <laughs> I'm trying to pull you up. I'm, oh, okay, I'm trying to lift okay. the standard of this thing. Well, uh, back to Chicardi. Yeah, back to Chicardi. Um, we'll Someone who is setting a standard. Let's yeah. let's say that. Yeah, uh, absolutely dominating yeah. this game. Um, absolute demolition job on his part. Uh, rock at the back, uh, especially with you know his defensive partner Prato, looking a little bit shaky. Not great. Um, you know, didn't win a tackle. Didn't win a duel all game. Um, not not a great place to be. Um, and your centre-back partner's doing that. And a lot of that is because Chigari just dealt with it all. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and uh, 
plaudits over there. And if you read Italian media, uh, probably don't for the most part. I'd imagine people in Australia, um, you know, they they call him the brick wall over there, right? Nothing passes him, and they were lauding his praise and speaking about how he's one of the best young centre backs and the entire division and maybe all of Italy. So the fact that Australia was able to pry him away from Italy uh, and, you know, give him a cap, get him to commit to Australia is absolutely phenomenal uh, because he could be a centre-back rock for us for, you know, a decade plus, right? That's how good he is uh, and that's how good he has continued to be now for Palmer who, look, probably will want to open up some contract um, negotiations soon because... When there's this much hype around a player, usually the um, bigger club starts swirling. So um, that news hasn't come yet, but I wouldn't be surprised to see, especially with January around the corner, some um, Europa kind of level clubs to Conference League level clubs really start to get interested in Chicardi. Yeah, uh, I would love to see that. I know it's fantasy football manager. I've been playing a save and he is crushing it right now. And that doesn't mean anything in the real world necessarily, but... It's nice to dream and go, this is what it could be one Mm. day. And to see him hopefully reach the potential that he at least has in my save. Got a massive upgrade as well in FM24. Well, the scouts in FM do a fairly good job. We do know that. Mm. And so hopefully it means that it's reflected fairly well in real life. I know as well, though, that the scouts, a little bit off the mark when it comes to the Australian League. You know what I mean? The A-League. But just a couple of players, some head scratches in... The ratings, I feel. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, we're not a football manager podcast. I mean, I'd love to be, but yeah. I mean, if you had enough time in the day, I think you'd you'd do a second podcast just about football manager. Probably, right? yeah. Anyway, enough about that game. Let's talk about Matt Ryan's game. Uh, clean sheet against Heronveen. I think that's how you say that. Uh, to go second in the table, Golden Glove. He's also competing for that race as well. He's Doing very, very well. I think I saw a stat. He's had the most clean sheets in the top five leagues in Europe, which um, would be wild. Maybe, if you count like European competition as well. I know he's second in the Eredivisie. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Obviously, he is um, trailing um, to, well, titled rivals. I guess you have to call them now PSV. They had the yep. most... Uh, they keep us the most clean sheets, uh, which yeah makes sense, right? They've only conceded three goals all season. AZ have only conceded four goals all season uh, in the Eredivisie. But uh, for Manny Ryan, he's you know continuing to be phenomenal. He's really found his level. I feel where you know he's he's being pushed, but at the same time, right? He's he's not clearly kind of scraping it every single week. There's some weeks where you're like, oh, okay, he's comfortable, but there's some weeks mm. he's like, oh wow. He shows his class, right, uh, which is really refreshing uh, to see from an Australian footballer because, you know, so often it's like they're pushing it, they're pushing it, they're pushing it, and then they end up back in the A-League. Yep. Never really see them truly settle and find a phenomenal European career where they just plug on and be really solid. And it feels like Matty Ryan's found that. I mean, his d- distribution this game was absolutely phenomenal as well. Um, 92% pass completion, three misplaced passes all game. Two of those were long balls as well, so... Look, he's playing really well. He's Australia's number one keeper. You know, I don't think there's much more from this game that we can say about him that hasn't already been said, but great to see Matty Ryan continue to play well. Yeah, totally agree. Australian goalkeeper, I imagine, for this next World Cup cycle. I Mm. can't see that changing unless 
Villa Cabot, sure. Maynard Rowe take a huge step up. Joe Gauchy, maybe, as well. Yeah. Still, think, yeah, yeah. Not quite there. Not quite there. And especially as he is the captain of the side as well, you, I feel like you're less likely to drop your captain. Mm, yeah, for sure. A bit of it. When you're looking at, like, the, the squad makeup and the way that you build a team, it's very hard to drop a captain who's the goalkeeper as well. Anyway. Uh, also in Europe, we, we know that uh, Matt Ryan has been playing well in Europe. Also in Europe this morning, time of recording, Danny Genro made it on the pitch against Liverpool. Wasn't the result I think that Toulouse were looking for. I think in the result that was expected though. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, d- decent little minutes, I guess, for Danny Genro. Played, what, 23 minutes plus additional time? Yeah. And I mean, good experience for him, right? Playing yep. against arguably the best team in the world. Up there for sure. What was um, the score when... Genre was on the pitch. Maybe we can spin it that way. It's, they still would have lost because Liverpool scored a fair few goals. So following Genre coming on, it was a 1-0 win for Liverpool. Hey, we'll take that. We'll take that. Uh, as the Soccer Who's podcast, uh, I'm happy to, to be a spin master and say Danny Genre, without him, uh, it would have been a 4-1 loss. True. Uh, but with genre on the pitch, only 1-0. That's respectable against I Liverpool. I mean, it clearly says his level, right? He's up there with the big boys. Uh, and that's what that's what I'm saying as well. Uh, no, good, good to see him get 23 minutes against one of the best teams in the world. Good experience for him. Uh, and, you know, he's going to have to continue to fight for first team minutes. He's found himself out of favour a little bit recently. Uh, for Toulou, after dropping out of that, you know, starting lineup that he was regularly in early on. Uh, so... Look, you know, that's important because obviously he's also dropped out of the um, soccer squad. So mm. he will be motivated to find his way back in, especially with the Asian Cup around the corner, because I imagine he thinks he deserves to be there. And it'll be really interesting to watch him and Metcalf battle it out because I think they're both fighting for the same spot. Mm, I, we seem to have a fair bit of depth in midfield centrally at this Always point have, in time. Always really, right? haven't we? Yeah, yeah. But I think that it feels like it's more prominent, or at least we've rotated a little bit more than in recent years, right? Mm. You disagree? Yeah, look, I think we've rotated a bit more in terms of minutes. Yeah. And minutes distribution. Yeah. But we haven't rotated more in terms of selections. Yes. I think the same, you know, core seven players have been rotated through, uh, which is about the same as what it was 10 years ago. There were seven players rotated through. The difference was, you know, 10 years ago, you kind of had two players that were always starting in midfield, right? Yeah, but yeah. This, and you okay. had two locks, and then it was the rest of the players that kind of rotated through. Whereas now we kind of Irvine's a lock, and then you're like, oh, well, what's the rest going to be? We don't know. Yeah. And that's kind of been what we're scrambling with. And that's what I'm kind of saying. This last World Cup cycle, when Rostic was fit, you had him. When, when Rogic was fit, he would have been a lock. And then when Moy was fit, you'd be playing him as consistently as possible. And, and Irvine was maybe that fourth player that you'd be rotating in depending on who the opposition was and, and, and the makeup. And then you, you had players on the periphery. You had Jago, you had Kenny Dougal. Uh, you had Holland. And so, yeah, you've got a couple of these players who we've seen in and around the Socceroos. It feels like we're giving more opportunities to younger players as well. We're seeing, just in the last little bit, off the top of my head, Irvine is still a staple within this side. 
You've got Luongo, who's been brought back into the mix. Alex Robertson, who's been given minutes. Metcalf. McGree. McGree, when he's played centrally. Jean-Roux. Jean-Roux. Bacchus. You've got a, 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 a nice little core. Devlin as well. Moynoff will be knocking soon. There you go. O'Neal. O'Neal is another one. So that's what I'm saying. It feels like we've seen more faces and a, a nice little bit of healthy competition as opposed to going, okay, we've got a core seven and anyone outside of that doesn't feel like they've got much chance. Whereas I, I feel like as an up-and-coming player, there is a sense of going, well, I like that I feel safe within this squad, but I think it's good for players to be looking over their shoulder going, I need to be performing week in, week out at club level to be given the nod for the national team. And I think that's a much better environment for a competitive environment to be going, hey, when you're here, we, you're part of the soccer is family. You, if, you've, if you've earned a cap, if you're putting on this jersey, you're part of the family, but you have to earn it. You have to work hard to be here and anyone can come and, and take your spot at any moment. Yeah, hands down. It's definitely a healthy element of our competition right now and it'll be really interesting to see after the Asian Cup what direction Gray Munnell takes it in. Yeah, especially as we start these early stages of World Cup qualification as well. I'm looking forward to seeing whether he will experiment a little bit. Obviously, we need to win every single game. But against some of these lesser sides, I hope that we do see this rotation continued and us featuring players that are on the up, looking for their chance to make it in the national team and to show what they can do. Players who are hungry, and not to say that other ones aren't, uh, but I think of someone like Pat Yazbek, who is on the fringes, who p- could be given an opportunity. I hope we get to see him. Speaking of Pat Yazbek, he is on the up because yep. he's just scored a goal. He has. Uh, which, you know, obviously is a good thing. And he's become a regular starter for his side Viking, who find themselves uh, vying for European places for the Conference League, uh, which is obviously a great place to be. Um, they're getting very close to the end of their league season as well. Uh, which is obviously exciting. So make sure you you can actually watch their games for free. Yep. Live on One Football. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have post match vods um, like the old um, FIFA Plus did. Yeah. Which is uh, a bit disappointing. So you can only watch them live. Uh, but I mean, I'd wake up to watch Pat Yasbeck play because he's been continually phenomenal. And what he's improved on Pat Yasbeck is he has really improved on actually staying involved for you know ninety minutes. Right, I know we played 78 minutes this game, uh, but what we kind of saw from Pat Yazbek early in his transition of Viking is he was able to really influence the game for you know 10 minutes, and then you're like, oh, is this guy playing for the next 20? Kind of goes missing, struggles to get involved in the game, and then he pops up again for another 10 minute spell where he's absolutely dominating. But what he's done really well now is he's able to embed himself into the game. Uh, his pressing work has refined, and he's been able to learn how to sit off, when to engage uh, a lot better, um, which is, you know, we kind of alluded to with Alex Robertson as well, having mm. that issue. So Pat Yasbeck has learnt. Um, and then he's also improved in just his general build-up play and his influence on that. So it's great to see from Pat Yasbeck. And, you know, it was a good finish as well, tidy one into that bottom right-hand corner of the goal, uh, cutting across, you know, the keeper's face. It was a lovely finish. And, you know, he's doing well. He is, and that's great to see. Johnny Stensis, he 
still out for the, his ACL injury. That's right. And, uh, and Daggers is also Daggers out. also out with his meniscus injury. So for Viking, they've got five games left in their league season, uh, and currently there's only one point separating them from Tromso, uh, the team they actually just lost to in that four three loss that um, Yasbek scored in, uh, and Tromso are in fourth, which would be out of the European Conference places. So. You know, a huge run in there, six points short of uh, Glimt so far for the title. So, you know, not completely done there, but Glimt are clearly the best side currently in the league. So Viking really fighting for those Europa, Europa conference places I mean, last five games. Glimt, they theoretically, mathematically possible that they drop points with five games to go. It's 15 points up for grabs and there's a six-point gap. They're but also playing in the conference league, Glimt, so a bit more fixture congestion to deal with. Potentially, I, you'd think, though, that they'd get across the line and uh, our Viking boys are fighting for that second or third place, which will get them a spot in the Conference League. Which would be great to see, you know, Yazbek playing against other teams in Europe. Uh, also, Stensness should be healthy by then mm-hmm. um, because, obviously, this would be next season's yes. Conference League, obviously. Their league season starts again in February, but their Conference League you know, efforts wouldn't start until yeah. August. Yeah. Right? So... Um, Stenson will be healthy by then and Daggers will also be healthy. He, Daggers is actually on track to be healthy um, midway through December. So after their league season, but potentially in time for the Asian Cup, uh, but don't really foresee him being available then because he wouldn't have played for you know yeah. a few months. Still very much an outside chance, but Graham Arnold, he's made some selections that you go, okay, didn't quite see that coming. Daggers could be one of those in time for the Asian Cup. James, anything else you'd like to cover off, at least outside of Australia? Um, maybe we should touch on a few Australians that are kind of in the wilderness. Okay. Because there's, a, you know, four Aussies that I really want to quickly touch on about. Okay, sure. Where are they? What are they doing? Okay, yeah. So first one is, you know, you mentioned earlier, Christich. Yep. Um, he's still contracted to Verona. Uh, and hasn't actually played a game since that um, Australia-Argentina game, uh, that friendly. Uh, so it's been a long time since we've seen Aiden Christich play football, and the last time he was actually um, featured for his club team was way back in the 5th of January, where it was a very brief stint for Verona against Torino off the bench, uh, and he hasn't even featured on the bench since 12th of June. So Not good. Yeah, not great. We haven't seen him play in a long time. So a move, hopefully, for him is on the cards come January. Another player that we haven't seen um, feature at all this campaign is Francois. Yeah, Obviously He's sure. on the books at Fulham. He's there. Look, we need. I want to see him playing first-team football. He is probably talented enough to be a soccerer, uh, but he has to be playing football and earn that spot, right? So yeah. a January move, hopefully, is on the books for him. Um, another player is... That's not even on the books anywhere is Karacic. Yeah. Strange one. I, I would have thought he would have signed for one A-League club. Yeah. I mean, maybe he wanted to try and keep on fighting in Europe for a spot over there. But, you know, he's been completely missing. And the last one is Anthony Kallik. Um, Hasn't really been quite in soccer's contention. One of those players that kind of has just been short for the early stage of his career in terms of that development. Uh, made that move over to Croatia uh, to Denny Juric's club, who also hasn't played all that much recently. Yeah, either. Okay. Um, and he's highly featured at all. So a few players there that, you know, if you were thinking about why haven't we spoken about them for ages, that is why. Okay. Nice little little wrap up there. Shall we move to Australia? Let's 
quickly go through the the last weekend in A League results. Starting off, Adelaide United three nil against Central Coast Mariners. This is really the game that was quite exciting to kick off the the start of the A League men's for another season. Two sides who play a fair bit of youth, and really that right hand side of Adelaide United, Erin Kunda and Mandanha. Popovich as well, the right centre-back. Exactly. Uh, we saw Iren Kunda reach an insane top speed. I can't remember exactly what it was. I remember 37, s- I think, or something mental. Absolutely rapid. So that's an exciting yeah. right-hand Johnny side. Johnny Yule was phenomenal in midfield as well. We'll, we'll see Yeah, this this young Adelaide side hopefully continue to, to kick on. Nice little start to the season. Musa Toure off the bench. Bernardo off the bench as well. You keep on listing young, exciting prospects, James. I don't yeah. know what you expect me to say. It other I'm than just that. excited, you know, that I can say these names playing A League football because you know, two, three years ago there would only be one, maybe two under yeah. 23 to name, and now we're having teenagers regularly playing A League football. It's phenomenal to see, but the big ones for me in my mind are Yule, Irakunda, Mandanha, and Popovich. Those four all have the potential to net Adelaide, you know, seven figure fee each. Yeah, sure. In by the end of the season, so it'll be a huge watch to them. Mandanha could follow in Boss's footsteps. Popovich could be, you know, you know the next Sainsbury plus kind of player. Yep, he could be uh, even better than Trent Sainsbury ever, ever was. You'll, you know, probably Neuenhoff, but he's a bit more creative than Neuenhoff, you sure. know, and has a lot more potential, I'd say. And then obviously we've seen how good Aaron Kunda is. So that's four players in this Adelaide side who could net, you know, million dollar fees. Unfortunately for Central Coast on the opposite end, Brian Caltech, not a soccer potential player, went off injured. You had Kuol going off injured as well. And so that's two subs that Mark Jackson was forced to make. Mm. Farrell red card. In the first half. And then Jacob Farrell red card. So that does pave the way for the likes of Noah Smith, for the likes like Dan Hawley's kind of been iced out of this Central Coast side over the last little bit. But... Will we Played see in um, Asia, though, most recently. Yeah, true. Uh, I, I guess we might see him re-emerge as a potential yeah. option. It was good to see Theo Horace off the bench, I think, for yep. me. Uh, fringe, you know, Socceroos, definitely. I don't think he'll quite get there. Um, but another really interesting one is Nathan Paul, obviously the centre-back. He's been developing decently well um, through Sydney, Sydney's MPL outfit. Hmm. Uh, now has got his senior opportunity here with Central Coast and... Straightaway was selected to be, you know, starting centre back for the A League side. So, really good to see his development, and definitely one to watch this season uh, for Central Coast in my mind. Central Coast playing Macarthur this Sunday, and Adelaide are playing Melbourne City also this Sunday. That'll be a fun one, Adelaide Melbourne City. That will be fun. Uh, moving along, Macarthur Brisbane Raw. Not much to say for me about this game as far as the Socceroos lens. Uh, probably the only thing is Rafael Borges Rodriguez getting a goal. Yep. You know, good young winger, a bit streaky uh, so far in his professional career, but has the potential really to kick on and become, you know, a Socceroos contender. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other one, I guess, outside shout, Kai Truen. Strange for me that you're starting Zabala at left back when Kai Truen, who is, I think, the Raw's most versatile player, mm. Off the bench, and we saw the instant impact he had. That just the the awareness oh, for me, phenomenal off the bench. The awareness for me, especially in that goal, to fake the header and oh. to absolutely sell Curdo was great. Yeah. So 
Um, interesting tidbit quickly, Lachlan. Um, yeah. Obviously, Brisbane have a game um, tonight. Time of recording yep. against Sydney FC. Don't know if this pod will be out by then. Hey, we'll see how uh, quickly I can edit this. But <laughs> Jack Hingett injured will not be featuring Kytruan. Presumably coming in a right back. Yeah, you'd think so. You you would think so. So, yeah, that'll be one to watch tonight. Uh, MacArthur, can't remember who they have this. Oh, I just said Central Coast Mariners uh, and the Raw playing Sydney tonight. Hopefully we see Holman as well get a start against the Central Coast Mariners for MacArthur. Uh, moving along, Melbourne City, Western United. Interesting game. Notably, Bodic scored a penalty. Uh, scored the winning penalty uh, for me, which is exciting. I, I do like the look of him. Anything else to report from this game? Melbourne City going down. I think Botic led the line really, really well. And this could be an absolutely huge year for him in the A-League. Uh, and would also be another soccer's bolter for the Asian Cup. Because obviously we're a bit more thin on strikers. And Noah Botic was really good at leading the line and bringing everyone in to this game, uh, which, you know, obviously we have Mitch Duke to do in the Socceroos. Mm. But after that, it's a lot more of an advanced forward kind of role. We don't really have another striker who can play as a complete nine and bring everyone in. And Noah Botic can do that. Yeah, that's So true. Noah Botic could be a bit of an outside shout because if Duke goes down for it with an injury, Graham Arnold will want a nine that can do similar things to Duke if there is one out there. And Noah Botic could be that guy. Yeah, this is a, a big opportunity for him to, to grow as a striker this season. I also liked, uh, I said it l- last week when we were kind of previewing the A-League, Tom Hewitt-Bell, I thought he played really well for Western United in goals. N- nothing super outstanding, but I thought just a solid display from a keeper who is finally getting his chance as a first-team keeper after struggling and, and battling it out uh, with Redmayne at Sydney FC, getting his opportunity mm. to be the man between yeah. the sticks. I was going to say, not really a Socceroos contender, so if I was speaking about him, but we also, you know, you just brought up Redmayne, who's been a Socceroos frequent. So yeah. maybe Hewitt Bell will become a Socceroo one day, and this could be the start of his journey to get there. Um, but another player who's starting their journey to be a Socceroo one day, Ale Lopane, once again um, featuring for Melbourne City, this time out on the left, and... Look, I thought he did quite well. He scored um, uh, overnight, I believe, for or maybe two nights ago for City in Asia as well. So. Yeah. He's been absolutely phenomenal pressing-wise and really good in transitional opportunities. A little bit to grow in terms of his final third deliveries and movement. Uh, but, you know, young player, 19 years of age, a lot of room to grow in that regard. But really looking early on to be the Melbourne City breakout young player this year. Uh, West United taking on the Wanderers. Tomorrow night, uh, and then obviously City, as we said, playing Adelaide United. Sydney FC, Melbourne victory, the big blue, as they call it. James, a 2-0 win for victory. And this is the game that I started to really question Paramount Plus's player index. I know it's based on Optus stats. I don't know what the back end looks like. But when you've got three of your four Sydney FC defenders featuring in like the top five players or whatever it was, and they concede two goals bit of a head scratcher for me i don't quite understand that index yeah look um it's it's questionable when you don't really see what's going into it always so um that, that is what it is uh but for me i think the best player in the pitch was another young australian ryan teague where was he on the index uh i don't know i don't look uh but ryan teague was absolutely phenomenal in midfield um really box to box uh player you know, won most of his duels, won most things in the air, was able to play a short, simple ball and transition well uh, through him and was really that connecting glue between defence 
and attack uh, really united the entire team together. And we've spoken about Ryan Teague at the beginning of the season, 21 years of age, coming back to Australia after a stint in Portugal that didn't really kick on for him. It was a bit premature in my mind. Uh, but now coming back to the A-League, shows his class and he could be a player that, you know, is here for 12 months and is off again. Yeah, He's a highly, highly talented midfielder and wouldn't be surprised if he speaking about him being an Asian Cup bolter as well uh, in, you know, a couple months' time uh, because his work in the midfield is phenomenal and it seems like, it almost feels like he's Jackson Irvine regenerated. Okay, ways. okay, that's an interesting comparison. So maybe next World Cup cycle. We have, you know, his replacement figured out because Irvine's not getting any younger. Uh, you know, a few other young players, though, in this team uh, for victory, at least, that, you know, Filami, Sokuru, not great. Uh, Broome finding himself on the outside. Valupele, decent. I don't think quite has the potential to get there. What about Max Burgess, future Sokuru? One player I was impressed by and was Girdwood Reich, uh, really adaptable and moving that centre-back spot, was Th able... Third start for Sydney, uh, mm. across. I mean, last year got a couple of starts, but yeah. first start this season, third across his career. Yeah, 19 years of age, playing in, you know, not his preferred position, right? He's a central midfielder by trade, and he's playing centre-back, thrown into there in Sydney's, you know, arguably their biggest rivalry. Uh, it's either victory or Western Sydney, depending on, you know, the week, right? So... <laughs> At least that's what the APL tried to tell you. Uh, but I thought he transitioned really well. His ball-playing ability is obviously phenomenal. Um, he did get bodied for that he did. second goal, but... Eh. 19 years of age, though. 19 years of age. You have to remember that. Um, but, yeah, look, he's developing really well. Uh, has to, you know, get a bit stronger, obviously. But I think ball-playing centre-back could be a really good spot for him in the future. Needs to improve his reading of the play aerially a yep. little bit more. Uh, but I thought it was really good. Also really good to see Kaczarski and Wood off the bench and Glass on as well. Three really talented young players for Sydney FC. And hopefully we see them feature a little bit more as the campaign progresses. Yeah, of solid display as far as like the, the premier fixture of the weekend goes from a scheduling perspective, from an APL perspective. I think Melbourne Victory did a great job and getting the win at the end. I know he's not a Socceroos contender, but Victory really have a baller in a old mate Zinedine, mm. so he's yeah absolute absolute baller. I think not Zidane. No, 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 no. The other one. He'll 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 be the second coming of Zidane. Yeah. I mean maybe the, maybe victory. a move to rugby league could do him well because that was quite the hit. That was against Gerwood Reich. He absolutely bodied him. Uh, yeah, solid solid game there, despite what the uh, the APL's Paramount Plus Player Index suggested. Can you tell that I really don't rate the thing? Uh, no. Can you please uh, continue to inform me? Well, it, it, can I just... I'll take this opportunity for a tiny little rant. I understand that you, you've got optostaticians doing their job. Mad respect for what you do. But at the same time, I don't know why you pour energy into coming up with some formula. Maybe it is just as they're already doing the other stuff and the formula is just like a little added bonus thought but there are apps like FopMob there are apps like SofaScore that I think do a pretty good job at summarizing a, a, how a team how a player is going and also give a rating that makes sense for me the biggest red flag when you're looking at something like this is the majority of 
social interactions going, this doesn't make sense. I'm not quite understanding this. I just, I don't know whether that reflects accurately what's going on on the pitch. So I, I, I don't know what the formula is that they're using, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at these player indexes and I saw it first in the Central Coast Adelaide game and I was like, oh, this is an interesting feature. I don't know who's behind it, whether it is Opta, whether Paramount Plus are playing, are paying for it, I should say. But as the season goes on, maybe I'll just have to choose to ignore it. I feel like a better integration would have been hitting up someone like SofaScore, someone like FopMob and going, hey, can we partner with you as far as our broadcast goes and we'll use your match ratings as a feature as a part of our broadcast and whether there's a little bit of cross promotion across the platforms i think that would have been a much better use of potential resources in saying that though if the opta guys are just doing this already and it's like hey we've we're already kind of doing this take this for free i can see why they do that i mean i also just have a bone to pick with opta because their ui is gosh how horrendous on the website wow and 90 percent of the useful information they don't display unless you pay money so we're, we're making enemies with Opta today, is that? Uh, I wouldn't say making enemies, but we're making, you know, our feelings known. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to say enemies, <laughs> unless someone from Opta wants to reach out, come on the show and explain the, uh, the, the formula they're using. I would happily accept that, and then I'm willing to put any gripes to bed. Willing to sounds good. say that they're friends of well, the show. Yeah, that that's but a, in, sounds until, like a good arrangement. Until, until they're friends, they're enemies. It's, it's one. It's either one extreme or the it other. Really, it really is. There's it, nothing in between. Watching this round of the A-League, seeing this Paramount Plus player index thing powered by Opta, I, it really it really ignited mm. something in me. Uh, and so if I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to negotiate a peace deal if someone wants to come on the show and explain exactly how this system works. But until then, consider me mm. not a fan. What amuses me is I was watching the Adelaide game yeah I, I and i ranted to you about it you did and you're like oh look no 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 no, no. no your your rant this is this is where we disagree you were annoyed that it was on a hundred point scale and also that we don't know anything about the back end data but i think you were really I also, I also don't like the hundred scale you were going real hard on the hundred point scale thing and i was like dude it's fine. Like EA Sports FC ratings are 100 points. But you're not talking about game ratings. Even EA Sports FC do the game ratings 0 to 10. No, I, I know that. point. Yeah, but... Just keep I it th- universal to the rest of the world of football. I think more people can wrap their head around it. I think it's... Not, it's not more people wrap their head around it. It's just not... Un- <laughs> like, why, why'd it be different? Why? Like, you're not gaining anything from being different by removing a decimal point. Just keep yeah. it continuous with literally every other football league in the world in its history. Wow, James. It's getting really fun up over a decimal point it's the principal lachlan uh sounds like you made an enemy as well look my <laughs> issue is not the decimal point my issue is more so what's going on in the background and how is it that players who have had a, a poor game unless my eye test is wrong unless the eye test of the majority of football fans are wrong how are they being featured as some of the top players in the game not having the back end data is disgusting as well. Because disgusting. It's, it's, disgusting. it's clearly there. It's clearly there. Just <laughs> just make a platform where we can see it. Okay. Wow. Uh, we've really found the bugbear of this show and it's Opta Data. Shall we shall we move on to a game that was uh, <laughs> really one for the history books? Western City Wanderers, Wellington Phoenix, mm. nil all. Nil all with two drinks breaks. A game. <laughs> Really, a game for Alex Paulson, who is not an Aussie. So, hmm. 
Um, one play, one Aussie. This the only name I'll quickly. Actually, Milanovic was okay as well as a young Australian, but Bonatig I thought was very solid. Yep. Uh, ball playing centre back, uh, getting his opportunity now to shine uh, next to Marcelo. Sad that his brother obviously left. Mm. Um, I was hoping we could see two brothers starting together. That'd be nice. Um, oh well, I don't know the stats out there. I can't think of any other brothers that started together. I think we've had a couple of Socceroos brothers that have oh, yeah. pitched together. Uh, from Tony Vidmar and Aurelio Vidmar. And then... Got about Aurelio. And then the McGowan brothers Got as about well. the McGowans. I guess also the Quals. And then the, and the Aloises. Oh, yeah. The Aloises. So... But I want to know when the last time there was a centre-back pairing. Okay. Well, brothers. that's a bit more niche. Maybe that's one for Andrew Howe to, to jump on. He's Australia's favourite stat guy. He maybe he, I wonder if he was behind the Optostats. <laughs> no, can't be. He's too good for that. Oh, we'd be eating our words massively if if he had anything to do with this uh, player index. I I would sincerely apologise to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and I mean I have big <laughs> respect for him, and we look like absolute clowns. Not the first time on this podcast we've looked like clowns. But, it's true. Uh, we will continue our gripe until we find out who is behind the Optostats. James, finally, the last A League game featuring some Aussies. Perth Glory, Newcastle Jets, two all. Nice late resurgence from Newcastle Jets. Adam Taggart, former, current, former soccerer, let's be real. He hasn't featured for soccer in a little bit. Getting on the score sheet for Perth. Daniel Benning getting a start as well, 17-year-old. Yep. Which is nice to see. Susnia, former soccerer as well, playing. Uh, so it was, look, it was a game, I think. The big one for me is Daniel Benning getting started just 17 years old. I thought he was very good. Also, it was great to see Clayton Taylor, 19-year-old, get a start. Two young wingers between the two of them. Moragas, I thought, was also quite solid at left back. I think, you know, those three are Socceroos bolters for the next World Cup cycle. They could be there and thereabouts to develop well. I think more likely it's the World Cup cycle after that. But hey, we'll see. Obviously, young players, they develop at different rates. Some don't develop at all, so... Uh, I think Daniel Benny is an interesting one, interesting profile, just 17 years of age, uh, really needs to improve, I think, on his technical skills. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about his short passing. Uh, I think he's a bit wasteful, uh, which just doesn't cut it in this day and age. But look, that's something that can be easily identified and easily fixed, right? So that's all right. Kolakovsky also got his first goal. Uh, seems like... A bit too little, too late for his Socceroos career now. I don't think he'll ever quite get there anymore. You that's, know, that's, I feel like it's a bit harsh. I'm just looking at, you know, the depths we're starting to develop. I, I understand. Think we, can, we can have players who are late bloomers, though. We can. I, I mean, he could be like Conor Payne, right, and play one or two games with the Socceroos. Yeah. That, that, there is a world that, that could happen. Uh, but for me, I think Stefan Kolakowski will be a fine A-League player and have a long A-League career. But I don't think he'll ever quite get to that Socceroos level. But... Great to see him nonetheless get his first goal in Perth Colours. And hopefully he kicks on. He seems like a really likeable guy mm. uh, and a really genuine guy. So great to see him after a really tumultuous season last year to get things back on track. Yeah, and nice to see Alan Stadich showing him some faith and, and giving him the opportunity to go and get that goal as well. James, I think that's everything for this episode, unless you have anything more to say about the Optus stats. Oh, I'll say it quickly, good to see Matildas yes. get a good result against Iran. Uh, great to see them get a result against Iran. And great to see some youngsters getting on the pitch for the Matildas. We do like a youngster, both men and women. And why are you making that face? 
Oh, just the way you said it was interesting. I'm talking about purely in a professional mm. footballing sense and nothing other than that. Good. Yeah. We do like it when youngsters take the pitch. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, Tony did have to experiment a little bit, did have to rotate a tiny bit, but we got the result and that's all you can really ask for. Also, loved to see Ellie Carpenter, who copped some abuse online for her performance. Some is one word. Yeah. It is one word. I could use two words, but I'll use one. She copped some abuse online for her performance in the World Cup. And it look great to see her get on the score sheet as mm, well. For sure. And that'll do her confidence a wonder of good. That'll be it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, if you have any thoughts, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us. TikTok, Twitter, or X, and then Instagram as well. Slide into our DMs. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can also get in touch with us if you prefer email at soccerwhospod at gmail.com. Until next week, enjoy the football.